Hey guys, it's Emma and Shannon, and welcome back to our podcast. She's an engineer. Hi everyone, welcome back and happy holidays, happy new year. We hope you um, enjoyed the holidays with friends and family, and want to welcome you back to our podcast. Yay! Yay! In today's episode, we are going to talk about women in flight slash aviation. So we have a few different women who have been trailblazers in the field of flight and aviation. We're first going to start talking about Amelia Earhart. So I'll hand it off to Emma to get things going. Amelia Earhart might be like one of the most known females in aviation, especially because she disappeared. There's also a great podcast on the Disappearances podcast, I will say, on Amelia Earhart's disappearance and all of the myths and lore that are surrounding that, as well as just, like, what they think happened and and what science has, like, told us, like, um, about what happened to Amelia Earhart. So I recommend checking that out. Yeah. But let's talk about her life. So... Amelia Mary Earhart. She was born on July 24th, 1897 in Atchison, Kansas to Amy Otis Earhart and Edwin Stanton Earhart, followed in 1899 by her sister Muriel. The family moved from Kansas to Iowa to Minnesota to Illinois, so they lived in a lot of different states where Earhart graduated from high school. And then during World War I, she left college to work at a Canadian military hospital where she met aviators and became intrigued with flying. So that's how she developed her interest in planes and flying. Then after World War I, she then completed a semester at Columbia University, then at the University of Southern California. And then she had her first plane ride in 1920, and then she realized that flying was her true passion and began flying lessons with the female aviator Nita Snook. And then on her 25th birthday, she then purchased a Kinner Airster biplane. In 1920, she flew it and set the women's altitude record of 14,000 feet. However, she had to sell the plane because her family needed the money. But then when her parents divorced in 1924, she moved with her mother and sister to Massachusetts and became a settlement worker at Denison House in Boston while also flying in air shows. So she was still able to fly planes even without her own plane, even without owning her own plane. A few years later, in 1928, Earhart's life changed drastically when publisher George Putnam, seeking to expand on public enthusiasm for Charles Lindbergh's continental flight a year earlier, tapped Earhart to become the first woman to cross the Atlantic by plane. She succeeded um, a bit a passenger, but when the flight from Newfoundland landed in Wales on June 17, 1928, Earhart became a media sensation and a symbol of what women could achieve. Putnam remained her promoter and published two of her books. 20 Hours, 40 Minutes, her first book published in 1928, and The Fun of It, published in 1932. 
Earhart married Putnam in 1931, though she retained her maiden name and considered the marriage an equal partnership. That's really cool. Um, Earhart's popularity brought opportunities from a short-lived fashion business to a stint as aviation editor at Cosmopolitan, which was then a family magazine. It also brought financing for subsequent record-breaking flights in speed and distance. And in 1932, Earhart became the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic as a pilot. Her awards included the American Distinguished Flying Cross and the Cross of the French Legion of Honor. In 1929, Earhart helped found the 99s, an organization of female aviators. Then, a couple years later, in 1935, Purdue University then hired her as aviation advisor and career counselor for women and purchased the Lockheed plane she she dubbed her Flying Laboratory. Then, her infamous flight came and it started on June 1st, 1937. She left Miami with the navigator Fred Noonan as she was seeking to become the first woman to fly around the world. Then, with 7,000 miles remaining, the plane lost radio contact near the Howland Islands and it was never found despite an extensive search that continued for decades. Wow, what an unfortunate story. She seemed to have um, broken many barriers for women. Mm-hmm. And I think it's especially impressive, too, how early, like 1920 was when she started flying. And in the whole scheme of, like, when air, airplanes were invented, the first uh, flight, successful flight on an airplane was in 1903. So she was still really in the beginning of the field of aviation. And she definitely knew what to do and who to be in contact with to, like, be able to achieve her dreams because um, she didn't even realize that she wanted to, like, fly a plane until, like, 1920. Yeah, so, that's true. And then, yeah. Yeah. Started from there. Yeah. So she was – she didn't – she started her journey to fly – across the entire world literally 17 years after she decided like i want to start flying planes mm-hmm. it was like yeah. go big or go home yeah exactly S- started flying across the atlantic and then wanted to go around the world wow that's impressive yeah side note though from mm-hmm. that podcast that i listened to i actually learned that she like stopped in multiple places i don't know why like in my head like i thought that she was flying straight ac- around the world which i know is like not possible because we don't do that even now like planes literally don't have enough fuel to go that far but at that time i was like oh she flew across the entire she was trying to fly across the entire world in like one shot that's not possible but she did she did stop in like multiple places to like refuel and like rest mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and her story is still a mystery since they've never found any remains or pieces of the plane that she was flying i know it's it's really crazy mm-hmm. maybe one day yeah maybe Never know. Okay, moving on to the next woman in aviation, Geraldine Mock. In 1964, Geraldine, nicknamed Jerry Mock, became the first woman to fly solo around the world, earning the FAA's award from President Lyndon B. Johnson. 
Another pilot, Joan Miriam Smith, set out with the same goal only two days before her, but Ma completed the first flight, securing her spot in history. She went on to set the record for longest nonstop flight by a woman in 1966 when she flew from Honolulu to Columbus, Ohio. Mock was also one of the first women to study aeronautical engineering at Ohio State University. The Ohio State University. <laughs> Couldn't help myself there. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I think that's really cool. She was able to, I guess, complete the achievement that Amelia Earhart wasn't able to. But, like, if you notice, it took a little under 30 years for Amelia Earhart's achievement to become, like, a reality, so. Yeah, it sounds like Amelia Earhart was way ahead of the times. Yeah. Um, but then it actually, even though it was, you know, a competition, pretty cool that two women were trying to break that record at almost the exact same time. Yeah, no, that is very cool. Yeah. Okay. And the next female that we're going to be talking about is Willa Brown. So Willa Brown was the first African-American woman to earn both a pilot's license and a commercial license. She then went on to establish the Coffee School of Aeronautics at Chicago's Harlem Airport alongside her husband. And this institution later became the first government-approved aviation training school for African-Americans. So, you know, she broke barriers not only for African-American women, but also African-Americans in general. The couple, so her and her husband, also formed the National Airmen Association of North America with a focus on integrating Black pilots into the U.S. military. Awesome. And then we have Jacqueline Cochran, nicknamed the Speed Queen. Jacqueline set more distance and speed records in her lifetime than any other pilots, male or female. Her list of firsts is extensive, including being the first American woman to break the sound barrier and the first woman to land and take off from an aircraft carrier. However, she is most known for her creation of the Women Air Force Service Pilots, WASP, during World War II. She was the first woman to fly a bomber across the Atlantic Ocean, and astonishingly, she received her pilot's license for only three weeks of instruction and went on to make such an impact in aviation. Wow. That's very cool, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next person we're going to be talking about is more recent than the other or the other women that we've talked about, but her name is Eileen Collins. So Eileen Collins is a female astronaut, and from the early 1990s to 2006, She spent her time at the Kennedy Space Center and became the first female astronaut to serve as pilot of the space shuttle during STS-63. Then four years later, she graduated to become the first ever female commander of a shuttle mission during STS-93. And then when she retired, she had logged a total of 872 hours in space during the four flights that she manned. Oh, so cool. I know. Honestly, I feel like that would be a dream to like go into space. I think that would be so cool. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. 
And then we have Katherine Stinson, and in 1912, Katherine Stinson became the first woman in the U.S. to receive a pilot's license. She was only 19 years old, and Katherine rose to fame through her exhibition flights across the country. And in 1915, she became the first woman to perform a loop and execute a snap roll at the top of the loop. And then in 1917, she, she set a record for a nine-hour, 10-minute nonstop flight from San Diego to San Francisco. And then lastly, in 1918, she became the first female air male pilot. Wow. That is a very first cool. for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she started flying literally, or she got her license literally only, I think, nine years after the first flight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that- true. That is very impressive. Yeah. That's insane. And like yeah. starting, it seemed like she was a trailblazer in the world of female aviation, but specifically aerobatics. Yeah. Which is in itself just so impressive. I know. I don't think I would ever have the courage to do something like that, but I do think it's very cool when other people are doing it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and the next woman that we're going to be talking about is Emily Howell Warner. So she became a pioneer as the first female pilot to be hired by a scheduled U.S. airline in 1973. She learned to fly at Clinton Aviation Company, where she became the school's manager and chief pilot. So the scheduled U.S. airline that hired her in 1973 was Frontier Airlines, which I think Ooh. still exists to this day, right? It does, yes. Yeah. And then after that, she went on to become the first female captain three years later. Mm. Yeah. Wow, super interesting. Because Frontier still exists, but it's like a very low-cost airline. Yes. So that's very interesting to hear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, we have Jeannie Levitt. And after joining the Air Force in 1992... Jeannie became the first female fighter pilot and the first female fighter wing commander in 2012. And fun fact, Brie Larson worked with, with uh, Jeannie in preparation for her role as, as Captain Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Wow. Hmm. That's cool. I would love to learn from one of these, I guess, trailblazers in, in aviation. Yes, and I think most of the time our podcast focuses on women in STEM, but I think it's also important to talk about other industries that may have, um, you know, also minority women in their areas too, and talk about some of the women who have made big steps in in those fields. Right. It would also mm-hmm. be cool to talk about some women trailblazers and aeronautical engineering, maybe, maybe a future podcast episode. Yes, definitely. Yeah, maybe a part two of this. Okay, so we know this is a shorter episode, but Happy New Year. And, you know, listen back to our setting goals for the new year. If you're interested in doing that, we, Mm -hmm. I think, released that in January of last year. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will talk to you guys again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.